0: All right, welcome into another edition of Designated for Assignments. My name is Josh Wolver. Here we are with another episode, another week in the books for the Blue Jays. We are at the All-Star break and, you know, I think we all could use uh, a respite, a little bit of a breather, uh, obviously the players first and foremost. It's been, you know, a really interesting, unexpected first half of the season, you know, uh if you had told me that the blue jays at, at the all-star break were going to be 50 and 41 and and you know basically winning 55% of their games i would have probably said you know that's a bit of a disappointment not a huge failure um or anything like that but you know here they are they occupy the second wild card spot they are 5 games back of baltimore for the top wild card spot and 7 back of the real reeling slumping um Tampa Bay Rays, who snapped a long losing streak on Sunday with a win against the Braves to avoid being swept. But, you know, the Jays, it just has been a very odd season, disjointed. You know, I, I use the word, and I'll get to some tweets. I asked what, you know, one word you would use to describe the season thus far for the Blue Jays. And the word I have is confounding because. You know, they probably, based on preseason expectations, you would have expected maybe better than seven back and holding uh, the second wildcard spot. But considering the way that they played, and especially, you know, you hone in on the offense, it's hard not to look at 50 and 41 and feel as though you basically just squeezed every drop of juice out of the orange. Uh, It's honestly, to me, a little bit hard to believe that they are, Where they are. They're middle of the pack and run scored. I believe they're tied for 13th in the league and run scored. Uh, OPS on base plus slugging percentage is 12th. They're a slightly above average offensive team in that respect. In terms of hits and batting average, they're way uh, higher. They are, well, they're seventh in batting average and uh, they're fifth in hits. They're a good offensive team. They're not a great offensive team. They're an inconsistent offensive team. Uh, They're not tremendous. Obviously, with the run, runners in scoring position, it hasn't clicked uh, the way that it did last year. It's not a happy-go-lucky, exuberant team like it was in years past, and th- that doesn't bother me. Uh, the expectation, I think, for a lot of fans was that they were trading away some of the hijinks and characters and en- high-energy uh, individuals for you know more of a lunch pail, hard hat type, you know, grit and. It would lead to more wins. And you know, maybe they're winning games in a way that is more conducive in the postseason, but I don't know if that, you know, is necessarily the case or translatable. There's an element of just sometimes randomness to the postseason. It doesn't always go the way uh that you would expect that it necessarily would go. Uh, I think that there are a lot of encouraging pieces to what has happened so far um through the first ninety-one games of the season, but you know, the Blue Jays aren't going to get to where they want to go with the offense performing as it has. It just, it limits them. It handicaps them. Um, it, it just, it doesn't allow them to reach the ceiling that I think a lot of people, myself included, uh, thought was possible. You know, they, they they just need to hit more home runs. They are tied for 16th with the Seattle Mariners with 102 home runs uh, at the all-star break. That's just not what you would expect and it's not good enough and you know the hallmark to me of a really good team is you have a handful of games or more you know pretty regularly you take care of business against bad teams and obviously you also take care of business against good teams in a way that you you can flex your muscle a little bit and the blue jays just haven't done that very often this year. All, all of their wins, seemingly, or very high percentage of their wins, are close, grinded out wins. So there's a reason that I have pinned a tweet that I sent out in the middle of June uh, that really is a summation of uh, the Blue Jays season so far. It's every Blue Jays game is different, but also the same. It just it has a mind numbing sameness to it where you know, they struggle to cash runners when they have an opportunity. Their pitching is usually pretty good. Their bullpen uh, has mostly been very good uh, as well outside of obviously the odd hiccup uh, here or there. And you're in a close ball game where you're hoping for maybe some batted ball luck or a clutch hit or something like that to go your way uh, to shift the, the narrative and allow you to win a ball game. And they've yeah they they have done a relatively decent job in that regard they are winning about 55% of their games without really playing um excellent baseball but it just to me that's a it's a tough formula they're 16 and 9 in one run games that's you know that's the type of thing that uh there's a lot of variance year to year seattle was amazing in one run games last year they're 10 and 16 it's just it's not necessarily a sustainable model over a long haul where you're just, you know, we'll pull these games out. If that's your mindset, the bullpen's good enough. You'll pull these games out. And like you know, case in point over the weekend, before the all-star break against the Tigers, you score 12 runs in the first game of the season, a series and whatever it was, 15, 16 hits. And, you're feeling pretty good about that, and then you come back out the next day and get no hit by three pitchers. Matt Manning has some pedigree, but hasn't uh, been particularly good for the most part in his career, and hasn't been particularly good uh, so far this season. And then you look at the the final game before the break on, on Sunday. For a long stretch of that game, Whip Merrifield was the only Blue Jay with a hit. Uh, then Matt Chapman obviously triples and, and scores. And Danny Jansen and Nathan Lucas play heroes in the late innings. Jansen hits the two-run homer. Lucas has the RBI double. Jays had five hits on Sunday, scored four runs, were opportunistic. Detroit was extremely unopportunistic. They went two for 15 with runners in scoring position. You can't count on that uh, from most teams. You give a team that many opportunities with runners in scoring position, by and large, they're going to do enough, especially when you only muster. Uh, you know, a couple of hits, three hits, or whatever it was, um, through the first eight innings, going to be hard to win a lot of ball games. So, so good for them that they were able to do it. Bullpen uh, was nails as it has been most of the year. Uh, after Chris Bassett, he gives up nine hits, three earned runs. Jays shut it down the rest of the way over the final six innings. They gave up two hits, uh, shut out, and had seven strikeouts. They were excellent, and they've bailed uh, pitchers out when they've needed to, and they've kept the team in it when the offense uh, has struggled. You look at uh, the, one of those games against the white Sox in the doubleheader that was uh, tied late zero, zero bullpen did a good job, did enough uh, to allow the offense to explode. So to speak, it was a lot of dinging and dunking uh, to get that win, but you know, it's just, just been consistently inconsistent, I think is the best way to put it. And, you know, I, I think the glass half full side of it is that they are 50 and 41, despite not playing particularly well. And you could say, well, they they're bound to play better and they've already, you know, overachieved relative to the way that they played and relative to the expectations. So if they play closer to the team that uh, they were intended to be or expected to be, then they're going to rack up a bunch of wins. And I get that, but at the same time, we're talking about 91 games. That's not some small sample size where you can say, Oh, well uh, it's a small sample. It's a small chunk of time. Um, you know, this isn't who they are. Why shouldn't we believe that this is who they are? We're, we're past the midway point. I, I know that everyone looks at the all-star break as the uh, kind of halfway point of the season, but we're, we're past that. Uh, and there's not a lot that says that the Blue Jays are anything other than what they've been so far. There haven't been enough stretches where everything has clicked uh, all at once. It's just been one thing is good and then something else kind of hinders you and you have to figure out a way to compensate for that. And then the next week, what was ailing you the week before is successful, but what was successful the week before is is lacking a little bit. It's just been the way that it's gone for them this season. There's been sort of a -a whack-a-mole element to the way that their game has unfolded where not everything um, is clicking on all cylinders. And baseball is a bizarre game. I feel like I say this all the time that uh, it could easily shift, but we shouldn't look at the first 91 games of the season and say that, uh, oh yeah, i can single out this 15 or 20 game sample where they played that type of way, where I feel as though, you know, they can really go on a run where they're winning some convincing games and and they're playing um, a really infectious style where everything just seems to be in sync. They just haven't done that to that, to this point. And uh, you know, that's the glass half empty is that, yeah, the schedule is easier down the stretch, but they have some tough games, obviously, and then September's tough. And if they continue playing this way and relying on winning type ball games, that's kind of a recipe for 16 and nine to swing the other way. And you're below 500 the rest of the way uh, in one run games, because those are, they're kind of coin flip propositions, uh, one run games, you know, I, anything can happen in the late stages, uh, a booted ball here, Uh, a fly ball that finds uh, a hole in an outfield defense, that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden a game uh, that you were winning turns into a game that's tied or that you end up uh, losing. So it's just been a strange season. I think a lot of people have felt that way. Uh, I will get to some of your adjectives for how you would describe the unofficial, official, whatever you want to call it, first half of the season as the Blue Jays uh, are at the All-Star break. But uh, we do have to talk about Alec Manoa, who made his return on Friday in the first game of the series um, against Tigers and was excellent. He had, I would say, a real grind in that first inning against uh, Detroit through 23 pitches, labored, a lot of deep counts, a couple of times where it looked like it might be teetering on the brink where... Uh, maybe Detroit could get to him for a couple and then the confidence might be uh, a little bit shaken, but kudos to him. It was not, he did a really good job battling and uh, not allowing that to turn into anything, keeping them off the board. Doesn't walk anyone. I think he threw a first pitch strike to 19 of the 24 or 25, whatever it was a uh, batters that he faced. And that's been his issue at times this year is he falls behind And even when he is ahead or has two strikes, he just wasn't able to consistently put anyone away. There were a lot of foul balls um, in in a lot of those starts. And there were a lot of foul balls on Friday, Detroit fouled 24 pitches off of Manoa's 91. They, they've certainly made him work uh, on, on a lot of counts and especially in two, two strike situations, but I thought his stuff was better. I thought his the way he finished his pitches was a lot better. He had a lot more uh, depth. I would say on his slider, his fastball was really good at at times, you know, he was mixing and matching. He was uh, changing eye levels. He was commanding both sides of the plate. He was better against lefties than he has been in a while. And it looked and felt more like last season. And I'm not going to put the cart before the horse here and, definitively declare that Alec is back, but it's hard not to be encouraged. You do have to take into consideration the fact that it was uh, Detroit. And Hey, I, like I said, I was hoping to be wrong. He's back already. You know, a lot of people were surprised myself included, obviously the Jays know more than we do. Nobody can dispute that anyone who says otherwise is fooling themselves or trying to fool you. Uh, They clearly saw some stuff that uh, went beyond the horrible outing in the complex league and even the three walks in, in double a, I I still thought that there were some, some occasional glimpses of glimpses of the non-competitive stuff that we had seen in the first couple of months of the season. But, you know, he didn't allow anything to turn into a negative. He cut everything off at the pass and was able to battle his way out of any difficult situation that he found himself in. And I think that, the Blue Jays, I'm sure that part of the decision-making was also just, we need somebody up here. We can't continue trotting out this four-man rotation and taking Trevor Richards out of the bullpen because it's just, it's not the ideal configuration for how uh, we're going to be at our best. And you look at uh, Sunday's game, Bassett labors, gives up nine hits and four innings. Richards comes in and, gets him out of trouble there in the fifth and and gives them five outs. You know, he wasn't as dominant with his strikeout stuff, but he did a good job at pitching to contact, not allowing anything too uh, dangerous in terms of hard contact. And that's why you need him in the bullpen. He's a fireman. You can throw him in a multitude of different situations with men on base, clean innings, seventh inning, fifth inning, whatever it is. He's a versatile bullpen piece that you really need with the way that he's pitching. He's got a 3.02 ERA uh, on the season. It's just, you're not at your best if he's not there and available. So I think that that factored in and we'll see what happens. You know, I still think that the blue Jays are likely to be shopping for some level of starting pitching help. I, I just don't think, you know, you can go into August 2nd, the day after the deadline with Manoa, Ryu, and just, hoping and praying that it holds up. Uh, maybe that works out. And I'm not saying you need to acquire Marcus Stroman. Not that that would ever happen in a million years. Like That bridge between this front office and Marcus Stroman burned. It's not happening. Um, I think you're just looking at a depth type piece, maybe what you thought Mitch White was going to be. And Mitch White's actually been better than I would have thought, or a lot of people would have maybe expected since he came back up. His numbers aren't terrible. His stuff has been okay, but I think you're looking for kind of a swingman type uh, that, if things go haywire in the rotation or somebody gets hurt, can step into the equation. I guess it's the Ross Stripling role of last year, where you know the ideally you don't necessarily need them to be a starting pitcher. But if they are pressed into duty, you feel relatively confident that they can give you somewhere between 15 and 18 outs and a chance to win if they're forced, pressed into duty um, as a starting pitcher. And you know there are other things, obviously, that the Blue Jays are going to look to address at the deadline. They are the worst offensive team by a lot of statistics against left-handed pitching. And we saw that against... Tarek Skubal on Sunday against the Tigers, he carved them up like a hot knife through butter, allowed two hits, five strikeouts and in four innings. You know, he's a really good lefty. is one of the better left-handed starting pitchers. You're talking about 96, 97, good breaking stuff. That's difficult to hit, but I don't believe they have a, a home run, a left on left home run this year. And I guess that's not really that surprising when you look at some of the culprits in the lineup, you know, belt, basically doesn't play against lefties. Varsho, we know the struggles against lefties. We know the struggles just in general this year. And Kiermaier's never really hit lefties either. So that's not that shocking, but it is really um, not a particularly encouraging stat. And the Jays just overall are poor against left-handed pitching. And it really doesn't make a ton of sense. Gone on for a couple of years you would think the same way lefties are more likely to do damage against right-handed pitching righties would do damage against left-handed pitching, but this group just has struggled against lefties. And I think that they need to address that because, you know, depending on who you see in the playoffs, there's a decent chance that whether you're seeing a left-handed starting pitcher or you're seeing a lefty in the bullpen, you'd like more uh, in terms of an option that you can throw, whether it's starting a game coming off the bench as a pinch hitter that sort of thing uh to give you a quality at bat and have a better chance of doing some damage um against a left handed pitcher, and I think bullpen help you know is something that could also be addressed, but that one I expect they'll get something done. I don't think it'll be necessarily the type of move that really changes the equation that much, but it's just something else, you know, another piece that you can throw at teams uh, down the stretch. I I wouldn't be surprised if that got done, but uh, Alec Manoa really encouraging positive stuff, the type of thing you hope he can build off of uh, coming out of the all-star break. We'll see when Ryu is back. You know, he's made a couple of rehab starts. It sounds like around the trade deadline, I'm really fascinated by what his role is, when he comes back, do you move to a six-man rotation? I don't know. I, I really don't love a six-man rotation. Uh, I just feel like five, there's a reason teams do five. You want to keep guys as much as uh you can on their optimal rest schedule, normal rest schedule. You know, if you give them a spot here or there to buy somebody um an extra day of rest, maybe that's something you look at doing it's going to be interesting because he doesn't really make a ton of sense out of the bullpen. To me, he's a starting pitcher, you know, with the way that Kikuchi's pitched of late, somebody might say, well, maybe you think about moving him to the bullpen and he can just throw fastball slider. I wouldn't do that. I I know he's had a couple of bumpy outings in a row, but he's really going to have to stumble more before I would consider swapping him out for Ryu having not pitched in 14 or 15 months. Uh, or whatever it is. So, starting pitching help, I think, is likely to be addressed. And like I look at the bats, and, you know, Dalton Varshow really continues to struggle. This is as bad of a scuffle as he's been in as a member of the Blue Jays. Uh, I can't remember the last time he really had a positive moment at the plate. And, you know, the numbers bear that out. You look at what he's done. 645 OPS on the season. He's hitting 214. He's got a 277 on base percentage. Um, You look at his last 30 games, he's hitting 206, 264 on base. His last 15 games, he is six for his last 46. He's got two RBIs, 14 strikeouts. He's walked twice, uh, twice, hitting a buck 30, 174 slug. He's just an automatic out. And he comes into pinch hit. He swings at the first pitch, pops it up. There's been a lot of bad at bats where he gets thrown velocity up in the zone and he just hasn't proven consistently that he's able to do anything with it. And there's a reason that opposing pitchers are attacking him that way until he has some sort of an answer for it and has some solution where opposing pitchers have to think twice about it. They're going to continue to do it. And he continues to not really be able to do anything with it. And you know, it's I like I was conflicted about that trade. And then I sort of thought that I could see why the Blue Jays did it. Gabby Moreno is not having a particularly good year. Uh, Danny Jansen continues to be great. And he's clearly the guy now, I would say, at catcher. Kirk has had a really bad year. And outside of a six-week stretch last year, really hasn't been particularly good at the plate. You remove that where he was just, like a man on fire, Denzel Washington, the the movie poster. Um, he has been poor, I would say. He doesn't hit for power. He hits way too many ground balls. Uh, the slowest guy in Major League Baseball, we saw him make a bad decision on Sunday that almost cost the Blue Jays an extra innings, but they ended up scoring a run on a ground ball to first. He goes to third. Uh, I just feel like he hasn't really had any stretch where he's been stinging the ball, um, and I just don't know if the power is ever going to be there. He he might just be this type of hitter who, you know, hopefully hits more aligned drives, but hits too many ground balls. And ideally, his hard hit contact um, is into gaps, if not going over the wall. But you know, it's tough. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is going to the All Star game is a pretty deserving candidate for a team that has been in first place or around first place in a tough division all year. He's got an OPS over 800. He's got 15 home runs, 54 RBIs. You know, he is what he is. His on-base percentage is really low. He doesn't walk very much. We know, you know what you're getting with Lourdes, but he had a really hot stretch. He's cooled off, but his numbers are still good. And the Blue Jays obviously would love an 809 OPS and 15 home runs and 54 RBIs from Dalton Varsho. It hasn't worked out. I'm not going to sit here and say that the trade right now is definitively a failure, but the first 50 some odd percent of the first season of the deal has not gone well at all. It's been really bad. And, you know, Kirk performing better, I think would help to soften the blow a little bit. But the fact that uh Guriel's performed the way that he has, and Varsha's performed the way that he has, and I like I said, Moreno hasn't been great, but you know what you're getting from him defensively, and yeah yeah, like it's not amazing offensively, but Kirk's really not giving you much value on either side of the plate. He's taken a step back in a lot of respects defensively uh, this year. It just hasn't been a sharp of a year from him maybe it's new baby training uh, in spring training. That was a factor. Maybe that hurt the preparation a little bit. I I don't know, but the Blue Jays just, it's tough when you don't have what you thought was going to be a really advantageous situation, a catcher over most teams in major league baseball, not be that way. It's not a below average catching situation tandem, but you were hoping for it to be one of, if not the best in major league baseball, And it hasn't been that. So, you know, the Blue Jays, I'm sure, are preaching optimism as is their want. And as they usually do when it comes to a struggling player like a Dalton Varsho. But the Blue Jays, they desperately need him to be better. It's just it just hasn't worked so far. And he's kind of a microcosm of where they've been offensively. There have been some flashes, some moments, but by and large, it's been really underwhelming and like vlady I look at his numbers. He's had a better stretch of late dating back to the homestand and especially that series against the A's. But uh, you look at his season numbers and his OPS is under 800. He's got 13 home runs. He's going to the home run derby. Maybe that'll get him on track. I, I don't know, but yeah, you know, 787 OPS for a player who you were counting on to be an MVP caliber player is just not good enough and I think he's really the poster boy for the Blue Jays as a whole in terms of their offensive inconsistency. He hasn't been bad. His numbers is batting the same as he did last year, 274 is on base percentage 5 points higher. His slugging percentage is about 40 points lower than it was last year. Um, you know, strikeouts and walks are fine. He's just not hitting enough home runs. And to me, he should be a home run hitter. And I, I know that there's all this talk about the Blue Jays don't pull the ball enough. Their approach is is too uh balanced. They should be looking to get the hands in and, and hit more home runs. And it's easier said than done. Maybe there is something to be said for that. I don't really give a shit what it looks like. That guy's got to hit more home runs. That's what he was put on this earth to do, right? That's been the calling card. We remember the videos back in 2015 when he signed here. He was uh, videoed in the earlier days of Twitter and that was making the rounds, putting on a show at at the dome, hitting uh home runs in batting practice. We saw it a couple of years ago. Even last year he had 32 home runs. He, he's not on pace for even a 30 home run season right now. I I don't believe that the blue Jays have a single hitter on pace for a 30 home run season. And that's not good. That's just not what you would want. Vladdy's on pace for 23 homers, 34 doubles, 103 RBIs. That's fine. Those are decent numbers, but decent's not good enough. The the blue Jays, the time is now to really try and do something now. And in the next couple of years, and that's why I look back at where they are and you know they're behind the Orioles, they're behind the Rays, especially the Orioles who were so bad. You know They obviously bottomed out in the way that the Jays really didn't and secured all those draft picks and built out a really deep farm system. But even without great starting pitching on the backs of young homegrown talent are scoring a, a bunch of runs, doing enough to prevent those runs and are winning a lot of games. They've kicked the Jays in the face a bunch of times this year and handed them their lunch um, and taken their lunch money, I guess I should say a number of times this year. And, you know, that's not an encouraging development because like you never know with young teams, everyone thought that after 2021, the blue Jays arrow was pointing up and um, it hasn't gone that way over the last couple of years you look at the Orioles, they went from 83 wins last year. They're going to pass 83 wins, barring something catastrophic. So they're already building on that momentum. They can have to continue to do it, but you could already make the argument that they've surpassed the Blue Jays in a lot of respects. And the Blue Jays are supposed to be in their window to contend and win the World Series, you would think right now, whereas the Orioles are kind of pulling the window open and figuring out, you know, how they want to step through it. But they already seem to be, you know, in their window now, which will be longer because a lot of their players you know, are pre-arve and haven't even debuted or just debuted. The cupboard is very full, whereas the Blue Jays cupboard is not as full. You know, they made their their 2023 draft pick in the first round and we'll see what happens. I think. You know, I don't. I don't know one thing about what these prospects are or aren't, and what Arjun Nimala is going to be. Prep school shortstop. It seems like he has some tools. Uh, can hit for power. Good defensively, but he's seventeen years old. He's not helping you. Probably in this window to win. Realistically, he's more likely if you're really serious about it to help you if you trade him. Uh, than he is like in this current iteration of the Blue Jays in the next three, four years, than he is to help you as a member of the organization. Now that's not me saying I'm advocating trading him, but like, that's where the Blue Jays have the challenge right now that the Orioles don't, they're graduating prospects hand over fist and the Blue Jays just aren't doing it. Uh, There are guys who are, they're at AAA, but you look at them and you say, in the case of somebody like Spencer Horowitz, who we saw for a cup of coffee in June, can they really make an impact at the major league level, like a Jordan Westberg or a Colton Cowser or somebody like that in Baltimore? And the answer has been no so far. And that's why um, I think the Orioles have had more success this year and why they're probably set up as it's currently constituted better uh, than the Blue Jays. But you know, you look at 50 and 41 to bring it all back. It's hard to be that upset about it. Um, it's been a, she's, it's been a tough watch. And like I said, my word was confounding and I got some others here. There were a lot. And as always, I appreciate um, all of your interaction. Christine says turbulent. Uh, my pal, the road guy says underachieving. Uh, Joshua Houseman says frustrating. Uh, Dr. Brian Goldman says anemic. Will says bizarre. Uh, Joe says, I would describe it as okay. David, perpe- perplexing, frustrating, confounding, infuriating, or just inconsistent. Take your pick. Uh, Matt from Robert, this team has made me lose a lot of interest in watching baseball this summer. Disappointing, off-putting, disjointed, disappointing, unfun, frustrating, boring, underwhelming, uh, passable, just barely, Roland, frustrating. Uh, we got one saying roller coaster. a lot of underwhelming, some boring, some disappointings. Generally speaking, it's been inconsistent, disappointing. That's really been it, exasperating. It's been uh, just not what we all expected. It's been a weird watch. And, you know, based on all those responses, and again, thank you for them, you would think that this team was a lot worse than 50 and 41. So that's the glass half full. Uh, it's hard to imagine them playing much worse, but they're doing it on the back of you know, some luck and some one run games variation going their way. And is that necessarily something that you expect to happen in the second half? We'll see the offense needs to pull its weight or, you know, this is going to continue to be the norm uh, for this ball club. As always appreciate all the tweets at DFA underscore pod at JGolbert 12. I haven't been rate limited uh, this week. So I continue to be on Twitter. Uh, we'll see what happens. I signed up for threads. I don't like change. I understand Twitter is generally not the best. And I have experienced some of that. I still find some positives in it. There are a lot of um Blue Jays fans that I enjoy interacting with and find it fun and uh, that sort of thing. But it's what I know. And until it is basically unusable, like I can log in and can't really do much else, then I'm going to continue to use it. So find me there, actually, Goldberg 12. I don't know what my threads is. I'm not giving you my threads because I haven't posted to it yet. Maybe that will change. Maybe it won't. We'll see. Uh, As always, find the podcast designated for assignment wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever it is. We appreciate like, rate, review, subscribe, comment, I appreciate it as always. And uh, we'll be back next week as the Blue Jays open up the unofficial second half of the season at home against Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Gabriel Moreno and the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm Josh Goldberg. As always, thanks for listening. This has been Designated for Assignment and we will talk to you next week.